Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that is recording next to a huge party. We never get invited to the fun stuff. <sighs> Today, we have Mr. Nicholas Edwin Vandesar John. Hello, hello. As well as Mifzal Masibo Taibi Male. I have no idea who that is. You're better off not knowing, dude. <laughs> Um, he's also referred to as Mifzal Meep Meep Malik, the roadrunner. No! <laughs> meep Meep. I am Faisal American. Let's start with a defeat for one particular Manchester club. Not the one you expect though. United actually won at the weekend. Shock. Uh, no, today I'm talking about Man City and the 1-0 loss to Arsenal. City have now lost three domestic matches in a row, including their first back-to-back Premier League defeats since 2018. Uh, interestingly, City's defeats coincided with Rodri's uh, three-match ban following his red card against Nottingham Forest. Could that be the only reason? I mean, it is an expensively assembled squad. Surely you lose one player and you don't lose three in a row. Correct. Uh, I think it's part of the problem for them, but it's not the only reason because remember, uh, Kevin De Bruyne has also been struggling with injuries. Uh, Erling Haaland has not been as prolific as he was last season. Uh, they also lost the likes of uh, Riyad Mahrez and Ilkay Gundogan over the summer. And I'm not using this as an excuse to say, oh, you know, that that's why they're playing badly. Uh, first of all, I don't think they were playing all that badly mm-hmm. to begin with. It's just that, you know, results weren't quite going their way. But the, the factors that I mentioned earlier, they come on the back of City having one of their most prolific and their most successful mm-hmm. seasons, right? Where they won the treble last, la, last campaign. So there's bound to be a bit of rebuilding after the exits. There's bound to be a bit of fatigue as well. And mind you, the EPL is one of the most competitive leagues in the world and punishing so you cannot expect any team even Man City to win every single match Mm. Uh, so something's got to give at some point uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the club is in crisis Mm. well they came out after a trouble win last season and then if you want to expect the same level of performance that's that's Typically in sports, that's tough to maintain, yeah. you know. What's this? Mifsa asking people to cut, cut him some slack? <laughs> I, I, I'm what try- happened to you, dude? I'm trying to be... Who neutral. are you and what have you done with the real Mifsa? Massimo Taifi. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think, okay, look, there, there are also two issues at play here, right? First, City have shown in the past that they are capable of winning almost every single match, mm-hmm. right? We, we saw that in the past... Well, last season especially so the expectation by the fans and the media has been set very very high mm-hmm. so much so that they lose a little bit and everybody you know outside of the team starts to panic mm-hmm. and the second issue is the media as well likes to hype things up mm-hmm. and we, we know this you know yeah. and, and because City being a quote unquote club in crisis is uh-huh. going to get you more clicks than City being in a bit of a slump mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. so you know it's, it's in the best interest of the media to hu- play things up and then make things a little bit more dramatic mm. than they actually are. Honestly, whether they win or lose, I don't think anyone cares, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Man United fan. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, you got a point. I mean, I've seen some online grumblings from City fans about recent results. Uh, to them, I just want to say that if you think three defeats puts you in crisis, you're way too young to remember City before the Middle East takeover, you know, when they were still likeable. Yeah. <laughs> Under Stuart Pierce. Um, as for Arsenal, though, 
they're looking strong and they are only one of two unbeaten teams left this season the other of course being Spurs that's insane Spurs are unbeaten yeah mm. Spurs and Arsenal but see here, here's the thing about these two teams right yes they're the only unbeaten teams at the moment uh, they're also one of the few teams playing some very attractive football mm. this, this campaign right but they are also the teams where historically they tend to fudge things up especially uh, towards the towards end of the, the season end. and I mean there's a reason mm. we call it doing an Arsenal and or doing a, a Spurs or, or, or being yeah or being Spursy right <laughs> so w- while I am glad that there's more competition instead of just having City win everything right mm. it, it's nice to see some other teams step yeah. up take note Formula 1 <laughs> yeah um, wow <laughs> and Max Verstappen um, yeah so as much as I like to see that, that there's still a chance that Arsenal and Spurs could slip up I, I hope it doesn't happen mm-hmm. uh, but the historic the historical mm. precedent has been set already. Mm. In contrast, Manchester United had a 2-1 win over Brentford. United now have two victories in five league matches. By United standards, that's a revival. And uh, they're up to 10th in the standings. That calls for a national holiday. Yeah. Hey, look, if Man City losing two games is a club in crisis, then Man United winning, winning two. two games, well, they're flying high, man. <laughs> two very different cities right there. Uh, look, but I'm not entirely convinced, though, because I think they are, they are, there yeah. was an element of good fortune in that win. Good fortune, and they were up against, like, easy opposition. Yeah. And a lot of the fundamental issues that needed fixing before have not been fixed mm-hmm. yet. You know, their defence is shaky. Their goalkeeper is shaky yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say a joke but okay a shaky and the attackers especially mm. uh, Marcus Rashford have yeah, been yeah. misfiring as well except Rasmus Hoyland he's, he's been doing okay, mm. okay. It's, just, it's just a lifeline this yeah. win is just a lifeline okay let's I want your opinion on um, Andre Onana for a while right? among their most recent keepers right? where would you rank Onana? oh uh, I kind of miss De Gea Okay, I'm a little bit old school, so for me, Peter Schmeichel was mm. was the benchmark. Uh, Van der Sar was excellent, so I guess Van der Sar would be second. De Gea third, mm. uh, and I guess fourth fourth or fifth would be Onana. Yeah. I didn't mention Van der Sar, but, but a little bit. It's, it's a given for me that he's uh-huh. really good. A little bit that. better than Fabian Barthez. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that, Andre? You're better than uh, you're better than Massimo Taibi. If he understands English, <laughs> uh, elsewhere, Tottenham topped the table with a one-nil win over Luton. Fourth placed Liverpool, two-all draw with Brighton, who are sixth. Fifth placed Aston Villa had a one-all draw against Wolves. Uh, West Ham and Newcastle drew two-all. Crystal Palace had a goalless draw against Sheffield United. Everton beat Bournemouth three-nil, and Chelsea hammered. Burnley 4-1 which is something that I have not said in a long time a Chelsea hammering usually they're on the receiving end Chelsea (laughs) and hammer the only time you see these two words is when there is getting in between wasn't that that uh, that old school rapper you can't touch this (laughs) Chelsea hammer (laughs) it's MC hammer (laughs) Uh, the Premier League returns after the international break and we're gonna see a few big games after that uh, first up we've got the Merseyside Derby Liverpool hosting Everton in the early Saturday kickoff. Uh, the last time they faced each other at Anfield ended in a 2-0 win for Liverpool meanwhile Everton's last victory against the Reds at Anfield was back in February 2021 and it'll remain that way yeah look the Merseyside Derby is not what it used to be uh, Everton 
on a good season already struggles against uh, uh, Liverpool. Mm. This campaign, we have an Everton that's flirting with the relegation zone. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've, Just a few points above. Yeah, they, they've managed to pick up, I think, two wins in their last three matches, mm. but they were all against fellow strugglers, you know. Mm. And even though Liverpool themselves have been seeing a bit of patchy form of late, you know, uh, I think no league wins back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, but but I think in this case they they will be too strong for Everton again. A, a couple of seasons ago, I I would have said that the occasion and the importance of of the tie of the derby would make this game a little bit more evenly matched. But this season, I think yeah. Everton are just struggling too and much. It's at Anfield. It's, yeah, it's a given for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big game is the derby between Chelsea and Arsenal. Now we're, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah, the Gunners have won their last three games against Chelsea. Could it be number four? Or will it see the Blues ending Arsenal's unbeaten run? I don't see that. <laughs> <laughs> no. You couldn't even finish that thought. Eh? <laughs> it's not happening, man. I don't see it. Look, Ch- Chelsea now have won... Uh, Two games in a row, so by their standards, that will be a good run, mm. you know. Uh, but look, they, they will be hoping, I think, uh, sort of like as a as a sign of a mark of their intent uh, to kind of show that look, we stumbled in the past, like in the early part of the season, mm. but we are back. That's what Pochettino Pochettino will be hoping for to use mm. this match as a, as a like a, a statement of mm. intent. Uh, but realistically, I think. From from the laughter earlier on from you guys, uh, the Gunners are too strong. Uh, I think the only doubt they have right now is Bukayo Saka. Uh, mm-hmm. He he picked up an injury yeah. in the Champions League and all that. But even even in, that, they still even then, to be City. Yes, and they also uh, they're, they're quite optimistic that he'll be back in time mm-hmm. for the Chelsea game anyway. So mm-hmm. it, it it for all for all intents and purposes, it's looking like a full strength Arsenal squad against a not so. Where were you? Against the not so impressive Chelsea side. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm calling it a four 0 Arsenal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the Mizawa used to. <laughs> Some other news. Eden Azar. Is that how I'm supposed to pronounce his name? Azar. Eden Azar. Is that really how his name's pronounced? Yeah, with the inflection. Azar. Eden Hazard announced his retirement from football just months after he agreed to tear up his Real Madrid contract. Now, uh, during his four years at Real, he won the La Liga twice and has won Champions League winner's medal, but it was also a stint that was marred by injury. Uh, However, I think he will mostly be remembered for his uh, time as a youngster at Chelsea, scoring 85 goals in 245 appearances, and he helped the Blues win two Premier League titles, one FA Cup, one League Cup, two Europa League titles, and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, How would you sum up his career, and would you think that his time at Real diminished his legacy somewhat? I think that's a spot-on assessment. Uh, he he he's best remembered as a Chelsea star mm. or a Chelsea legend, and only a Real Madrid player. Mm. You know, even though he won the Champions League with mm. Real, right? Uh, from my memory of of his time at Chelsea, he always struck me as one of those players who was very hard to touch. When he had the ball at his feet, you just could not stop him. Mm. And and he's the kind of player who dazzles you with his dribbling and all. And, and there's a good reason why he's so highly regarded mm. at uh, Stamford Bridge. Uh, 
and and there was huge expectation when he moved to Real Madrid. You know, he was one of at the time one of the best players in the world, going to one of the best teams in the world. So mm. you know, high hopes for him. Uh, but like you said, number one. Smart by by quite some pretty serious injuries, mm-hmm. uh, so much so I think there was one stat I read that said that for all the games he played, that he didn't play in a single minute of uh, El Clasico mm-hmm. against Barcelona. So injuries was one, uh, and then there was also this ESPN opinion piece that I was reading that touched on how, in spite of all his talent and his showmanship, he never really had that discipline. Or that drive mm. or desire to be to become the best, you know. Yeah. So basically, a uh, more successful Jadon Sancho. Well, you, yeah, kinda. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and and Less and criminal Jadon Sancho. Well, and and, and he, his thing was his weight, right? If uh-huh. you remember, he had this thing where every time he goes off for the summer break, he will come back a little bit heavier than he's uh-huh. supposed to be. Well, Which like, you know, you imagine at, yeah. a, at a professional club like Chelsea or Real Madrid, that's a huge mm-hmm. no-no. Uh, and, and there was also one Chelsea teammate who who gave an interview and said that Azar was actually one of the laziest teammates in training. So he is the he is <laughs> the Jadon Sancho yeah. <laughs> of Chelsea. <laughs> but but here's the difference uh. on the field uh. when he decides, okay, I'm going to do well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah, give 100. Yeah, yeah. Boy, can he perform? Mm. And that's the difference. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I take the Sancho thing back. He was like the Ronaldinho of his time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, who needs training when I'm that good? I I enjoyed watching him play at Chelsea because. When you go to Real, is this? It's it's you're amongst like the the highest level of players. Mm. Like, they're all star players. So like, for him to shine there, you have to produce. I would say five times as much. Mm. As you have to actually put in the effort, like in, yeah, twice <laughs> as much the effort. You know, so that's it's 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 a bigger challenge, which he probably wanted. You know, we would never know, mm. but just to, to be a star it was it was at chelsea where he really stood out mm. and i and i personally feel that he should have stayed at chelsea you know to to, to reach like a peak mm. in your career and then like just end it there on a high yeah but i think that, that that's one of the things when when you know footballers get the chance to move to like you know barcelona or real yeah. madrid and all that the the glamour is there the name is there but then you you like mifsel said you know mm. it's a kind of club where you have to put in like five times more effort because that's the only way you're yeah. going to stand out right finally um i want to talk about olivier giroud the ac milan striker was roped in as a goalkeeper uh, towards the end of their serie a game against genoa after mike mignon mignon i think that's the, that's how it's pronounced brother like filet a, yes after <laughs> mike filet mignon was red carded um and uh, giroud was praised for making a save in response milan have officially added giroud to their list of goalkeepers and started selling goalkeeper jerseys with his name on it kaching he was included in the serie a team of the week as a goalkeeper and i heard that france are adding him to their list of goalkeepers as well uh, would any of you be surprised if united try to sign him as onana's replacement it, it, look <laughs> it would be it would be a realistic scenario look <laughs> the he, goalkeeper's jersey in the official store was sold out by the way yeah. mm-hmm. look he's already shown that he's a decent shot stopper mm-hmm. and he's definitely better with his feet than onana is uh-huh. or, or at least has been this season uh-huh. so yeah why not man yeah and then he could be like one of those crazy south american goalkeepers who would run up from yeah. his goal to to score a goal at For this free. point united have literally nothing to lose <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I'm sure Milan will reject any bid uh, for him. After all, he is a keeper. <laughs> no, but I'm. T- 
Well, that's all that we have for this edition of the Portball Sportscast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as I mentioned, it's the international break. We will be on a break too. Internationally? That's right, baby. Um, we'll be back in just a little over a week's time. I'm Faisal American. I'm Nicholas John. And I am Mivzal Malik. <laughs>